Hi, I'm Mant. And I'm her mom. And this is Mom, Mant, Books and Booze. This is the book club you have been looking for. Just a mother-daughter duo who enjoy reading and talking about books over drinks. We read the same books but have different outlooks. Come join us as we open a book, open a bottle, and open our minds. Hi, Mom. Hey, Matt. How are you? I am good. How are you? I am really good. Um, looking forward to beginning our talk about The Winemaker's Wife by Kristen Harmel. Harmel? Harmel. How do you say her last name? Hmm. Harmel? Har- Harmel. Harmel. Harmel sounds more French. <laughs> yes, it does. And this book is all about some French. I remember this, this book my, is just awesome. Isn't it? Isn't it? I did remember some of my French and some I had to look back up, but. Oh yeah. They don't, I kind of have just been going through and when they speak French, I'm like, huh, okay. Keep reading. <laughs> I, I'm not going to look it up. Yeah. I kind of been challenging myself to remember my French because you, you took Spanish, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We weren't been, offered anything else. Yeah. I've been. I've been trying to up some of my French from back in the day. My and this French. is our first historical fiction. It is. And I am really enjoying it. Me historical too. fiction is not usually something I pick up off the shelf. That is not usually in my genre. I, you, I usually like skim over if I'm like in a bookstore. Historical fiction is always the one I go through the fastest. Right, but this one's really, really good. And and we just um, picked this up in a Walgreens. Yeah, full disclosure, we yeah. were in a Walgreens. We saw the name of it, The Winemaker's uh-huh. Wife, and we thought well, we should try to read that. And I'm so glad we did. I know, it was like, like it's super, uh, it's a super cool, not quick read, but it is one of those books, and we've talked about this before, that you just read and forget that you're reading you do and like you really can't put it down mm-hmm. I have because to tell myself all right one more chapter I need to go to bed me too mm-hmm. and it's like yeah one more chapter because each chapter ends with okay then yeah what? every What's single next? chapter and we've read a couple books like that and I'm trying to remember off the top of my head there was a couple of our books where they were just like chapter after chapter left on a cliffhanger uh-huh and you just had to you had to keep reading and, and this is this is this definitely is one and this is another one we talked about how we like when they each chapter is a character and their perspective and this one's also flipping back and forth in time yes so I, 1942 and 2019 and so this I, is I like very that recent yeah I, I like that too. I do too now we do stay I've noticed and I don't know if this is going to change throughout the book but we do stay in 1942 the most 2019 is kind of like like it's like I fit, view it as a movie where the main portion of the movie is like the past but the storyteller is in the future or present time yeah well and we're in 1940 all the way to 1942 I think so okay, I, th- I think we ended on 1942. Yeah. So yeah. I think that right now there's more history there than there is with Liv. 
Like yes. we're learning, Liv's pretty easy, quick to learn about right now. Yes. And we're really learning about Edith when we're reading in the past. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, yeah. It's got, I think to, it's going to unravel because yeah. I mean, we've learned that. Um, well, I learned, apparently I learned it quicker than you that Edith is the grandmother. I, like I friend Edith for Enid or Enid. How do you say her name? Edith? I I-N-E-S. I was saying Inez, but I don't know if that's right. Okay, I was saying Inez. So Inez, her friend Edith is Grandma Edith. Yeah. And speaking of Grandma Edith, great segue. Well, before you do that, I will say that I'm learning to read differently. Doing this podcast has really made me learn to read differently. Because in the past, I I did care about character names but once I knew the characters I, I stopped reading their I'm names. the same way I'm so I think way. I missed the whole Edith thing and then when I figured when I my brain triggered it I was like oh look yes I was the same way but now because we talk about it I need to know the characters names it's like yes. talking about a movie I'm bad at movies too where I'm just like oh the person that did this you know uh-huh, like, me too I'm so bad at that. So this this podcast is really making me realize who the names are and um, caring it's, about that. It's made me slow down and read the details too. You know, I've told you yeah. before, I'm not a detail reader, but I've, I've started slowing down because I think I missed stuff. Yes, I've started that was our, at the beginning of our podcast, we talked about that. Now, you probably are all thinking that because we're reading The Winemaker's Wife, that our first drink will be wine. Well, you Jokes would be wrong. You jokes on you if you've read the first couple chapter or the first 12 chapters mm-hmm. you know why we chose this drink what did we choose samantha well we like to really get into our characters <laughs> and um, i can't do a french accent so i'm not even gonna I try see that <laughs> um grandma edith loves her some dry martinis and she is okay she said at least like she told her granddaughter you better have gin at 2 p.m. And she wanted her to drink with her and her her granddaughter was like, Grandma, it's 2 p.m. This woman is 99. Uh-huh. And she's like, and 2 p.m. And she had how many on the she had like three on the plane. Oh yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Now she's probably I, pickled. That's probably why she's 99. Well, I mean, what did I think uh, her granddaughter or Liv was saying like her liver is literally like not like her liver liver is so strong it's keeping her other body her whole body alive yeah yeah bless her but I I truly think now she is French and she's from Paris I think like that kind of has some truth in it yeah they drank they drank and since they were like 16 I think the drinking age is like 16 or I think they even look that up I don't think they're very strict on underage drinking. Well, over I mean, there. and yeah, I think it's just casual part of life. Yeah. And she like, does it very casually. Like she yeah, knows. But this is not really a casual drink. What's your recipe? No, no. Um, my recipe that I use was to make a dirty martini. Um, so I made mine dirty, which just means that I put olive juice in it, uh-huh. which I kind of wish I had it because uh, if you know me, I do not like olives. That's like, I, I don't like, I don't like, what am I trying to say? 
I don't not like a lot of things. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and but olives is on the one of the top of the list. I do not like olives. I've tried. I like them on pizza. Uh-huh. In little slices. It. You don't yes. want a whole lot. And I, uh-huh. I really do enjoy olives. I would not make a dirty martini because if you know me, there was an unfortunate incident with dirty martinis <laughs> that I no longer drink them. But um a dry so martini should- is two and a half ounces of gin and then a half of ounce of vermouth. I think you said that backwards. Oh. That's not what I, I did. Two and a half ounces of gin, a half of vermouth, and a half of brine. Mine was the opposite. Oh, interesting. Uh huh. Interesting. There's just a ton of different okay, so recipes. We're going to need everybody to go to mom.mat.b2 at gmail.com and give us your recipe for the best dry martini. It's got to be dry because that's how Grandma Edith likes it. Yeah. Dry martini. I wish I had made mine dry <laughs> because the smell of the olives are so like, and we, we could not find martini glasses. I know. How? And I used to have a ton of them. I don't know where they are. How can we, how can we do this podcast and not have martini glasses and not drink out of the right glass? It's just, I, no one judges us. I, mine is in a little white wine, uh, cup and then yours is in a, in a highball <laughs> we but keep that's it all real. right that's okay when we take when we take our show to youtube we will make sure we have all of the correct utensils and glassware <sighs> Ugh, it's so bad let me tell I, was, I wish we were on youtube right now because because your face is priceless well i like as i made it and as I walked it over here, my face kept scrunching because <laughs> I thought about the taste of this martini. I just thought about it and it made my face scrunch. And let me tell you, my trick that I told you in previous episodes uh-huh. of blowing out does not work here. Oh, wow. the, salt, the salt is still there. It's the salt that's getting you. Well, um, we've, we've tried to think of what would be a good mocktail. For some reason, I went dr- straight to a witch doctor with pickle juice. I don't know. And what I thought I was that thinking. was so weird. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really know. You could drink a seven up with some olive juice. Ooh. I, maybe a, a really, uh, no, because there's no lime. You can't have flavoring. Maybe like a, there's got to be a salty mocktail. There's got to be a salty mock. Well, oh, wait, 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 wait. The new thing I found. They're What's at that? Total Wine. At Total Wine. They have a non-alcoholic gin. Oh, there you go. But there then, you go. What would you, your vermouth? Olive would, oil. Olive oil. Or not olive oil, <laughs> olives. Just skip the vermouth. All oh, right, no, so, get white al- non-alcoholic wine. There you go. You can make a salty ginger aid. Ginger aid. I don't know. Again, go to our website or our Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Yeah. Or go to our website and tell us. You mean our email? Yeah, our email. Sorry, no website. Our email and tell us what um, mocktail you might use for this. I know y'all might be more creative. I know y'all might be more creative. I think they will be more creative because we kind of. We kind of flubbed this one. 
with the mocktail. So, well, I just don't like this cocktail. I'll but be you honest. chose it. I want it on the record. I did because it was so perfect with Grandma Edith. Yeah, and it's kind of unexpected with the winemaker's wife. So yeah, exactly. I think uh, we would have really like short-sighted ourselves if we just went with wine right away. Right. So um, yeah. Well, I have to say, I do. I am really enjoying this book. Mm-hmm. I am very much enjoying. I'm loving how the characters are um, unfolding. Yes. You know, they, they're not just telling us about the characters. It's kind of unfolding. It's a really well-written story because there is a story. I mean, we are in World War II. Um, and this know. is also um, based on actual things that happen. Yes. Actual um, facts that happen. Yes. And that's been kind of fascinating because you know me, I got to start reading on the side about how this all played out and um i found a great article and i'll try to put that on facebook or something um oh yeah about about this whole thing yeah Mm -hmm. so it was very very interesting and the characters are well written and the the history stuff is not here's what here's why i think i like this historical fiction the history stuff is intertwined in the story mm-hmm. it's not the main uh, story well and it's not paragraph after paragraph after paragraph about this yeah, is what yeah. happened this is what you know like a history book yeah it's very intertwined like the the characters themselves embody the different people that were involved in this whole thing yes and um <clears throat> World War II is already a very interesting war. A lot of people are interested in World War II just because of how crazy mm-hmm. it was. And seeing it from the French side is very interesting in a new take. Yes, because it is, it is very interesting. It is, and you know, they're not focusing on the Holocaust, which is interesting too, because most historical fictions I've read about World War II have been about the Holocaust. Right. And they, they're not, not including it. No, it's still there. It's still it's, in the back. It's that these people are on the outskirts of it. And there's some that are scared about it mm-hmm. because of, you know, Celine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it, it's so well written. Yes. The, the history part is so well written. And the characters, when I think about the time, I start, I have to remind myself this was 1940 because I have to say sometimes when I think about history and things like that, if you tell me 1940, I think everybody is all prim and proper and you know, like Uh I don't mean it that way. Like, well, that's what you see in like textbooks and anything. Yeah. It kind of shows that, you know, marriages haven't changed that much over time and mm-hmm. you know people's relationships with um, their friends and those sorts of things and yeah. people wanting social change social justice you know just mm-hmm. it's been going on forever and so I, that's been kind of interesting to me of how these characters have unfolded in the time oh yeah and even like when you go back to the 2019 with Liv, you know, her problems are the kind of the same as back in 1940. 
Oh yeah. Um, I wonder if they're going to try to connect Liv and Inez together. Or I wonder how you say her name. Inez. I say Inez, but Inez. Inez. Um, but she's got a little thing on her. So it should be Inez, right? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but because they're going through very similar situations. Yes. You know. Yes. And I'm even wondering if um, the lawyer, what's his name? Starts with a J. Yeah. Julian. Yes. I love him. I'm even wondering if he's related to somebody in the past. Mm, yeah. Mm, I haven't even thought about that. I really uh-huh. like Julian. Yeah. I really do like him. Yeah. I love Grandma Edith. I love her too. Oh my gosh. I, would I, kill I can just like picture her. And um, <laughs> I think, you know, really the only person that could play her would be Betty White. Oh my gosh. But, but they have to drink. Okay, I'm going out on a limb, but they have to dress Betty White up like the woman in the Tweety Bird cartoon because that's what I picture. You'll have to look it oh, up. Oh, I I'm picturing a very fancy old lady that is very skinny, very oh, really and pop. Yeah, because she they talk all the time about how she wears Chanel all the time, like pink Chanel matching. Yeah, but I just picture her as being um, like that, but with her ownness. Like, yeah, I'm rich, but I can do what I want to. I'm also yeah. 99 years old. I know, so, and I see her as very short. She has to be like super uh-huh, short. Uh-huh, So. But I, f- I picture her quick. Oh, yeah. Which is not what you think of with a 99 year old woman she drinks three martinis and then the young girl can't catch up with her yeah like she loses her i'm like how do you how do you let it you could see her how does a 99 year old woman get away from you on the street yeah but i love this character and she's obviously up to something yes and but she's you know she's like you can obviously tell she's doing this on her own time and she's she will She's like, she, she's not hiding anything. She's just doing it on her own time. Yeah, she's just not telling everything she knows all in one pop. Exactly. Um, so I'm interested to see how these stories match more. Yeah. Because I think it's going to match way more. Not just that Grandma Edith was here with these people. I think it's going to match a lot more. Like oh, where yeah. did she get her money and things like that? Oh yeah, yeah. I think I, I'm I'm predicting that that will happen. Um, I'll. You want to know my least favorite character? Who's your least favorite character? I hate Theo. Oh, I picture Theo as just this hard nosed, focused. This is what I'm gonna do. Yeah, make wine. The rest and of I'm the world just spins around me. Mm-hmm. I make wine. I'm good yeah. at it. Yes, um, and, but, but I, he, like, he has no sympathy for Celine. Like, and I did not like Celine at the beginning of the story. Yeah. I thought she was very pretentious uh, with, she was pretentious with her work. Not like pretentious as in like her nose uh, out of high. Uh-huh. 
she just didn't think she assumed a lot about Inez or yeah, yeah the other one yeah she <laughs> the other ass- girl she assumed a lot about her and I think her assumptions were kind of really like quick uh-huh so I didn't yeah. like her um but now I kind of feel sorry for her because Theo has pushed her away he has and I can't they don't tell us enough about Theo like yeah he, he doesn't he, have a really big part yet mm-hmm. but I feel like he's he is trying to support her in the way he does but he doesn't know how what to say he doesn't know how to say it he just and he wants um, to calm her down and yeah yeah he's trying to be the sensible he wants to stay out of it and he wants to like I think his thought process is I want to live another day well and he's trying to keep things normal mm-hmm. and um and that's like why he, Michael Michael is even saying he doesn't know the depth of the war yeah and like she's like the wine will be all right and don't you even care and he says um of course of course but I, but you should care about the wine too it is our life and she said no Theo it is the thing we do yes, not I who love. we are um but it's who he is she has to see that too like I still don't like Theo but she has to see it too that that is his life it is it is, is not from morning until um dusk but it did crack me up because it's funny that he's your least favorite character but I did underline I don't know what chapter this is in um because for some reason I read chapter seven I read this sentence in your voice because you were always saying you are being dramatic and oh yeah he kept said he kept telling her that you're being dramatic yeah he kept saying that like how dramatic they're being and I think um the war is real I mean it I like how they've taken the initiative or um Chris Christine Kristen is Chris Kristen who the author oh yes Kristen Kristen she has taken the initiative to understand how the war wasn't just about bullets and you know uh-huh. it is separating families just about their standing with the war and it wasn't just men mm-hmm. like women played a big part yeah it was um and, and speaking of women it I thought it was so interesting when um Inez was getting ready to leave and she put on that um she threw on the first decent dress she could find and then she added her black two-inch pumps yeah that had no support anymore yeah because she had worn them so much um they had been the shoes that made men do double takes yes and she wanted that feeling yeah it's so funny and um she this was what got me she drew a line down the back of each calf with an eye pencil to mimic the seams of stockings i thought that was hilarious because their stockings back in the day had the seam all the way up and so she obviously was not going to wear stockings because i 
think in World War II, those were very hard to come by. Well, she, she they're slyly saying how much is hard to, like, they dramatically talk about the famine, like, their uh-huh. rations and stuff. But she talks about, like, lipstick and makeup and hair yeah. and, like. And um, how valuable it is because yes. you can't get it. Yes. But, yeah, so, but she manages to use her eyeliner to draw a line down her leg, which is thinking hilarious how hard to that me. Would be. I was thinking how hard that would be. Oh, I know. And it looked right. Um, yeah, and then it swiped on the black mascara and red lips, though her si- supplies of each were dwindling. Mm-hmm. Her hair was a lost cause. Um, I, that was just interesting to me to hear. And, and like you said, it's her way of showing kind of how it was, mm-hmm. you know, in a different way. She's dressing to go out. She is mad. So she's using up her stuff. She don't even care. Yeah, and um, I think her, well, I think she got more mad because Michael was the one to tell them we need to lay low. And now she's finding out he's not laying low. Uh-huh. He's far from laying low. Yeah. Um, so she's getting mad. Yeah. And I would understand that because she didn't, I mean, she didn't sign up to be in the revolution. He right. didn't even talk to he didn't even talk about it with her. Yeah, and that is one thing that's very interesting. Neither one of these couples talk to each other. No, I say that too. I'm like, what do you, like, sit in bed, talk to each other. Y'all eat dinner with each other, talk to each other. There's not a lot of food. You're down in the cellars. Talk to each other, Uh yes. Um, I think that's their first mistake. (laughs) I agree, I agree. Um. But yeah, Inez leaves, and I think, I worry, I worry about all of these characters making wrong moves because Inez, or whatever we Mm -hmm. call her, is, is angry. Yeah. She seems like an angry character. Um, I think she's just mad. Like, she is just, I think she's given up trying to be the hoity-toity uh-huh. wife that now she's like all right I'll be what we want it want me to be yeah and then I think Celine is scared. sad sad so and scared sad and scared and so I think I think mistakes are made when you're mad I think mistakes are made when you're scared mm-hmm. I think Theo has like got blinders on yeah and he thinks if mm -hmm. i just keep making wine like i've always kept making wine then everything's gonna be fine it's gonna rotate back to normal Mm -hmm. and so i think he's gonna make mistakes and then michael is making decisions that you know to be a revolutionary in some way and he wants to be bigger than he is and but he's he has people who are very 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 close to him Mm-hmm. that he's leaving out of his thought process well he's trying to protect everyone yeah and in the process of doing that he's leaving them out of important information but he's also putting them at risk like yeah. i agree with inez on that is that he put is putting them all at risk if they find the, if they find mm-hmm. what he's doing and who he's talking to they're not going to ask questions. They're going to shoot first, ask questions later. Yeah. So, and, and I think now all of with these, Celine, 
they know who Celine is and they know she is half Jewish, that's putting yeah. her even more at risk. Yeah, so I think all of these characters have uh, a character flaw, so to speak, that can mm-hmm. jeopardize all of them. Yeah. And so absolutely. it's kind of interesting to see how it's going to unfold. I love that we're only 12 chapters in. We're only a third of the way into this book and we already are seeing how things could go wrong. Oh yeah. And And I really don't know the turn of this book. Like that's what I'm excited about. And that's why, you know, it is one of those books that you can't put down. It's like the writing style, but also I have no idea how this is going to happen. Like work. Right. Like and I want the only information. The only character that we know made it out of this whole situation is right now kind of a sideline character. Yes. Mm-hmm. And but we know that she at least knows Inez is part of the story. Yes. If not, if nobody else. So yes. that's very interesting. I do think um I think it's interesting, and I've always kind of thought this. Like Liv is seeing her grandmother in a different way. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that young people, especially in our society, don't always appreciate the older people and the stories they have. Well, they forget. They forget they had a life. A life that when when I think about just like my dad's generation. Mm -hmm. So my dad was born in 1933. So, I know that's crazy. So when you think about 1940, 1942, he was like nine years old, almost 10 years old. So he remembers this time period. Mm-hmm. But he also was in the army himself during the Korean War. Mm-hmm. Then he also lived through the era of the Vietnam War. And then he also lived through the era of desert storm yeah so when you think about he has the perspective of looking at how all of these things were alike how all of these things were different you know he's just oh yeah we sometimes don't appreciate our own grandparents Mm -hmm. you know and how much information they have yeah and they tell the same stories over and over because those are the important stories to them oh yeah and um and the and their stories are I don't want to say true, but they're not swayed by anything. Right. They but are given what was given. It's their lived truth. Mm-hmm. Exactly. How their life was at this time in, in, in our society. How exactly. their life was. And I think at the end of the day, that's what has more impact on us when you think about the diary of Anne Frank. Yes. A young teenage girl, but that's the one that compels people because I think when we hear the big stories of historical events, we can see how Theo, we can all be mm-hmm. Theo and think, but my life just kept, I kept doing this and I kept doing this and I kept doing this. Yes. And I think that it's easy for us to kind of lose that big picture. Mm-hmm. But then when you hear of regular ordinary people whose lives are changed, but not in this big, big way, but yeah. how they affect history. I just, I think Absolutely. this book is fascinating for that reason. It is. Because and these people I've... are, 
it's like it's like these four people encapsulate um people society yeah. the person who thinks okay everything's going to be all right just keep going keep going the one who's scared to death mm-hmm. the one who's pissed off because people are you know and then the one who's oh we gotta we gotta make change we gotta make change you know like uh, the one that's fighting back yes yeah Yeah. so i think this these two couples are just giving us such a a broad yeah Mm -hmm. i love it i love these characters i love these characters it's just a good book and i'm excited and i think we'll have you know we'll stop talking about the characters and we'll talk about the story because i think there's going to be a huge story coming out of this. i think you're right but i think we'll still be talking about these characters oh because yeah because I, there is going to be some more development i think yeah i think there's some some personal developments that are mm-hmm. I, I i think are going to happen or maybe they're not yeah and you know maybe, maybe just leave us high and dry yeah because you know Inez saw enough to make her mad yeah absolutely because at the end of chapter 12 she's like she's out of here yeah she don't care absolutely. if Michael needs his car let him figure yep, it she's out she's gone absolutely um, which by I the can, way I did look up the car um what is it a Citrion or how I don't know how you say that yeah it's the cute cute little car you see in all the little french movies yes i was that's (laughs) what i was picturing anyway Uh so i just assumed i was like yep that's it yeah so i am really excited to see where this book's gonna take us me too me too because i one again i love learning about world war ii so it's again interesting to see the french side of it and seeing how the wine portion of champagne well, and REMS was so important to yes. the military um, and to World War II. So I'm excited to see how that comes more at us. Well, and we, like always, we want to hear what you think about these, this book, these characters. Have you ever been to these places? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I tell you this all the time, email us at mom.matt.b2 at gmail.com yes um please like us on facebook and share yes get everything out there um because we love talking about books and we love hearing from you as you read join us as we read these books yes and join us for the next episode where we'll read chapters 13 through 24, 24. yes so 13 through 24 will be our next episode. Woo! So we hope you'll join us as we open our book, open a bottle, and open our minds. Thank you. Bye.